come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. And we are live. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's the podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got T-Bag in the house tonight. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. You guys might also know him as Adam. You guys might also know that uh, this could be his last night with us, sadly. Could be any of our last nights, Hey, hey, Again, we'll get to that at the end. Okay, at the end, we're going to give you all the updates on T-Bags, the life and times of T-Bag. A horrible, wonderful life. Yes. And he jumped in a little too soon, as always. It's Ryan Scott. (laughs) Buongiorno. How we doing, huh? Why? What? Why the Italian? <laughs> you know, I'm just uh, I'm uh, diversifying my portfolio. We do that every time, pretty much. You know, I'm trying to say something other than either greetings, Earthlings, or hello. You know, that I would gotta... be the perfect one for tonight, though. Greetings, yeah. Okay. How, how do people in Roswell talk? Give us a Roswell accent. Um, Where's the meth? Yeah, what does a meth head <laughs> talk like? <laughs> Have you know. ever been to Roswell, buddy? Yeah, it's strong it, meth county. It's kind of like Lakeside, but worse. Well, I was going to say they have like an Ohio <laughs> accent, right? That's, where our, that's what Ohio means, right? Isn't that what Dave Chappelle said? I think Ohio is actually for lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, well. Who is burning one tonight, dude? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Speaking of that, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about Roswell, and it's episode 59, y'all. Yes, 59. Now, this is a fucking big one, guys. 59? Uh, well, not, I mean, not the number, but the fucking topic. You know, Roswell, this is our bread and butter. This is like... Uh, a big one. I mean, okay. In this episode, we are diving into the comprehensive, convoluted, contested, complete history that is the Roswell crash of 1947. Now, this is arguably the most famous conspiracy theory, mm. at least related to aliens okay. of all time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd put it up there with 9-11, JFK. How about right? of all time? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> would you say like JFK, is then 9-11, and then probably like either moon landing or Roswell? I mean, I would say with all the information that we have in this day and age... 9-11 might be at the top of the list now. Okay. Just because okay. all of the different vantage points, eyewitness testimonies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Fair enough, fair enough. Now... I mean, JFK is still high on the list. I mean, yeah. And and as we'll come to find out, so, I mean, it's no secret we're getting into Roswell. Now, this is uh, probably the most... Uh, this is like the... Um, 2012 da- Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Or the, maybe the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Of uh, <laughs> ufology, a lot of hype around the case, a lot of jelly in the donuts, and it—it's overrated. That's what we're getting at, right? <laughs> I mean, what, what else we got for overrated? Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Got to go there. Come on. Hey, Have you ever had one? I've heard they're damn good. They're so all sold out. Play. Yeah. Okay. Whoa, they're sold out. You've been? I tried. And what, they're just so, what is this, like, supreme? They just only have a certain number and they sell out? I think so. So, you know, this is, this is just, it's overrated, I think, you know? And as we'll, we'll find out in this episode, I mean... Do I mean, you personally ra- think that it's overrated, though? Or are you just saying from all the stuff that you've been reading? No, I mean, we'll get bullshit. into it. Like, I think... Oh, I'm asking. I right think, now. yes, it's very overrated. We'll get to our final thoughts at the end, but yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Wow. Is that funny? A little bit, I think so. 
I mean, I'm asking your personal opinion, and you tell well, me we'll get, get to it to later. It. Well, great case. I mean, we got a lot of facts to get to, Rob. We got a, we're laying out every single thing that I've done research on for this episode. I'm saying before you lay the pipe, no, put a push pin in it. We'll yeah, get back to we'll, we'll, right, We got to right. get a push. I got to know what he thinks. This too. isn't like Orson Welles. We can't blow our load in the first uh, two minutes of recording. I heard you that. Know? We got to, it's a slow burn, if you will. But, <laughs> we're keeping okay, that I mean, okay. what do you guys know? Here we go, you know, Roswell. Didn't you guys go there? Haven't you? Both have been there, right? Yes, I, I think we've all three been there. I right? have not. Oh, you have not? Only okay. in Tony Hawk. Ryan actually made it be a stop on our cross-country road trip. Okay, well, maybe yes. that's where I need to stop on mine. You definitely do, because I've had the best Mexican dessert of my life in what? Roswell, New Mexico. Flan? Flan? No, it was like uh, it was like ice cream and cheesecake wrapped in a churro. Shut up. With caramel. I'm on stopping. Top. Okay. God damn good. All right, all right. Okay. I'll yeah, send you the restaurant. Okay. Yeah, I will send you the restaurant. Right. Um, you know, have just to maybe stop there and then keep going. <laughs> and also go <laughs> to the lunch. museum, though. I mean, the museum I will say is is pretty cool. Yeah, right, it's, it's like it's like out. five bucks or some shit. Sure. Honestly, probably what's keeping the town going besides <laughs> the mess. Well, yes, the town is definitely <laughs> built uh, on aliens. Oh yeah. It's actually a pretty cool place, you know. Just like the McDonald's even has a UFO at it. It's all fucking aliens. Hmm. Yeah, you go into the Native American shop. Aliens. They're selling <laughs> alien stuff there. Yeah. Ev- everything. I'm being honest. Everything is any alien. story you go in is gonna have aliens. Yeah, little there. beaded aliens. Um, <laughs> And it's just, it's all, the economy of Roswell is aliens. And methamphetamines. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's not. Maybe both. Yeah. That's not really giving back to the economy. <laughs> if anything, it's damaging it. <laughs> but I mean, come on. What do you guys know about the conspiracy, about the the facts, the aliens, the the alleged crash? Like, what do you guys know? What did you know growing up? First exposure, that kind of thing. Uh, I would say first exposure is dad giving us those patches that he said that he got from roswell from area 51 telling us about it a little bit about what he knew about it but as i've come to figure out through my own research and stuff i would probably say some people say that uh extraterrestrial spacecraft crashed in the desert and that anywhere between four and six bodies were recovered and who knows their whereabouts now all I know about Roswell is what I learned from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. The first one, right? Yes. That's what we decided one. on the first one. Yeah, second to last level. Yeah. Right after uh, San Francisco, I believe. Yeah, so apparently it's a skate park. Yeah, great fucking level. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Great and, um Great series. Great franchise. Okay, so again, this is another... I, I, what I've come to find out is skateboarding is very heavily linked to conspiracies. Alien Workshop. Ohio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we'll get into that, but uh, so so you really only knew the game growing up. Did you play the game and then think, oh, let me look into this? Like, what is this? No, nah, I was like, oh, word, aliens, skateboarding. <laughs> Just, down. That's it. Was now Roswell? Is that in Independence Day at all? I don't remember. I know there's aliens and stuff, but the dude from the trailer park doesn't he like his dad like mentions it or something? He's like, you got those something the, crashed in the desert and it's forty seven. You got the bodies. The drunk crop duster. Uh, no, it's like. The kid's dad yeah. or grandpa yeah, yeah. or something. Okay, you might right. be confusing it with Men in Black. No. Maybe. I don't oh, know. Well, maybe. That's Aliens, too. All right. Yeah. Aliens, Will Smith. Will you Smith. Know, Smith. Very oh, heavily connected <laughs> with Aliens. <laughs> wow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's get into it. Let's get into the Roswell incident. This was, um, I mean, keep in mind, guys, this was a big story back in early July of 1947 for sure. a few days. 
But when the Air Force came out and said that uh, what was found was related to balloon flights and not anything extraterrestrial, the story seemed to disappear from the public. Balloon now, flights. Yeah, I mean like a weather balloon, you know? You've heard this, right? No. They're okay. literally saying like a hot air balloon. Uh, not even a hot air balloon. More or less, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get into it. Okay. We'll, we got all that. All but right. yes, they, they said it was a balloon. This is the now, government story. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> and please feel free to rip this apart all you want when we get there. But uh, it wasn't until it was resurrected by several ufologists and conspiracy theorists in the early 1980s that it became what we know it as today. Um, there's a bunch of stories as to why uh, Roswell or the events of Roswell unfolded like this. And furthermore, this episode even, um, this story becoming a part of the American lexicon is linked in one way or another to many episodes that we've done in the past. As we'll, um, I've got little blips in there. We'll connect the dots throughout the episode. Now, uh, Roswell has been described as the world's most famous, most exhaustively investigated, and most thoroughly debunked UFO claim. Mm. Now, that being said, uh, we are aiming to give you a semi-objective overview of the events that occurred, and we're going to let you guys be the judge of just what the hell happened in the New Mexican desert back in 1947. Now, I say middle ground semi-objective because it's like, you know, you fucking... It's, it's hard to look at this as like one way or another. Like there is no real in-between. It's either you think you're going with the government mm. or you think it's not extraterrestrial at all or it's a very deep, 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 deep cover-up. Deeper and deeper. <laughs> yeah. It's an office space level cover-up. I mean, but hey, we're going to get into it on this episode. Did something not of this world crash near Roswell? Were there alien bodies recovered? Was all of this suppressed and a cover-up subsequently put into play by the U.S. government? Let's find out. Now, okay, really before we dig too deep into this, keep in mind, uh, more books have been written, more articles typed, more research poured through on the Roswell incident than any other event in the history of UFOs. Now, if you read more than one of these accounts, the tale is confusing to say the least. Um, and there are many uh, like competing versions. Each book contradicts every other book. It's like a pissing contest. Yeah, so it's like if mainstream literature on the subject can't agree, then what the hell really did happen? That could all be bullshit too, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe one guy misleading everybody else. Exactly. Guy, I mean, right. it's, it's Have like... Have you ever heard of the Bible? I mean, you know, people say, hey, don't look on the internet, read a book, you know? Put down the computer, read a fucking book. Oh, all these books are fucking wrong too. That's <laughs> well, something that happened in 1947. Yeah, so I mean, pretty much what we've done the best we can here with the evidence... Or some may say lack thereof at hand, uh, we're gonna give you a full on objective view of the incident. And when I say we, I mean me. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> okay. I'm saying, I will also say, and maybe you guys in the research that you guys did, this one is, a, is like a flip flopper case, we'll call it. Cause I'm doing research and I keep bouncing back and forth. I'm like, Oh, okay. It was an alien cover-up. Then I'm like, oh, no. It was just uh, elaborate. Like, they didn't know what was happening. And then I go deeper, and I'm like, oh, no. This was a giant cover-up. And it, it just keeps going back and forth as you get deeper. Did you guys have that at all? I mean, 
this is just my opinion here, and I'm usually the skeptic, but yeah, I think anytime the government releases a statement and then, you know, 24 hours later is like, oh, just kidding. Uh, this is actually what happened. Just kidding. Then it's usually bullshit, and they're trying to cover something up. Okay, so the you're saying the original statement was true. I mean, I would think. I'm, okay. I mean, I wasn't there. So. You think the weather balloons is true? I'm just trying to clarify. I mean... No, no, no. The original statement was not, as we'll find out. Oh, okay. The original statement was a flying saucer or disc-like object, I believe. An unidentified... No, 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 no. It was, we weren't at that stage yeah. yet because oh, wow. no one had ever wow. seen some shit like this before. Okay. Okay. So here we go. I mean, what really did happen back in 1947? Let's start with the data collected right after the occurrence. And I mean, essentially, okay, because, I mean, you guys said you listen to other podcasts on this and stuff, right? What I see a lot of other podcasts doing is they kind of unfold one of the versions in these books we're talking about or in literature. What I've tried to kind of do in this episode is unfold the events as they happened, tell you which came out when, in what book they talk about what. Um, But I mean, right up top, let's start with what happens in the order of how shit unfolded. So, based so chronologically, exactly. breaking it down, yes. basically. Most podcasts pick one ideology. More or less. You a yeah, right, more right, or less. Right, I mean, we're going to try to give you a broad range. So, Same I mean, broad strokes here with our brushes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, you know, story of the crash. Now, really, in terms of the big picture, um, there was what became known as the UFO wave of 1947. Now, this was one of the largest UFO waves in history. And this wave can be traced back to June 25th, 1947, when a pilot named Kenneth Arnold reported seeing several objects while flying near Mount Rainier, Washington. This sounds familiar. We did an episode, right? (laughs) We did an entire comprehensive episode. Again, this is one of them that's connecting the dots to one of our other episodes. We did a comprehensive episode on the Kenneth Arnold sighting. Um, Talked def- a little bit about him. Yeah, definitely check that out. Um, but for those that don't know, he basically described the objects he saw as flying and moving like a saucer if you skipped it across the water. Um, this description is more or less what coined the term flying saucers. And thus the age of the classic UFO as we know it today was born. Um, Now, this captivated the minds of citizens across the country as more and more newspapers began writing about similar reports as a a flap of UFO sightings would begin to pop up all over. Now, if I'm, I'm, maybe I'm jumping a little too far ahead here. You can stop me if I am. But this guy's account happened on the 25th, which was only a couple days, maybe a week, give or take, before the Roswell incident, correct? Yes, yes, June 25th, 1947. So interesting that all this UFO hype starting to build up right around this time. Yes, very interesting. and Probably just a weather balloon, though. Hey, we'll connect the dots in some of our theories. Now, Now, this is even more evidence that lends credence to the Roswell tale, But basically, um, for the entire month of June, radar installations in New Mexico had been tracking suspicious objects, we'll call them. Uh, It said these objects seemed to just zigzag across radar screens at abnormal speeds and just kind of fade out. Like, nobody knew what the fuck these things were. Now, keep in mind, this is going on in June. Now, the incident we are examining today occurred on a ranch outside of Corona, New Mexico. 
which is about 80 miles northwest of Roswell and would go on to live in the annals of UFO lore as the Roswell Incident. Now, in 1947, a violent thunderstorm rolled through the New Mexican desert on the nights of the 3rd and the 4th. A rancher by the name of Mac Brazel reported discovering debris near Corona on the Foster Ranch. I think that was a real name or made up for the story. Well, that's uh, his like nickname. It's they call him Old Mac. Name, Mac. Yeah. All right. Big Mac? <laughs> we'll call him Big Mac. Now, de- debris, he said the debris were scattered out nearly uh, three-fourths of a mile, three-quarters of a mile, um, and his sheep wouldn't even walk through them. Now, Brazel went on record telling the Roswell Daily Record that he and his son saw. Now, what we saw was a large area of bright wreckage made up of rubber strips, tinfoil, and rather tough paper and sticks. Darn dootin'. <laughs> Hoity-toity. Now, Mac Brazel told the sheriff about his strange material that he found on the Foster Ranch and that he was sure it was the remains of a quote-unquote, flying disc. Now, Sheriff Wilcox passed this information on to the Roswell Army Air Force Base, and the base intelligence officer, Major Jesse Marcel, was immediately called upon to look into the matter. Now, in some of the accounts, Mac actually went back and gathered up some of the the material, but if we're sticking to the events as they unfolded, we'll kind of stay away from that for now. You know, we're not getting into the he said, she said yet. This is just the facts as they happen. Sometimes it's all about the he said, she said. (laughs) Yes, it is. Now, on July 8th, 1947, RAAF Public Information Officer Walter Hott issued a press release stating that personnel from the field's 509th Operations Group had recovered a flying disc, which had crashed on a ranch near Roswell. All right, now, now this is going off of what you're saying, Rob. Why would they even do this? Why would they issue this press release? Why would they even say, hey, we found a flying disc if this wasn't some fucking crazy shit? Probably because they're out in bumfuck nowhere. <laughs> they don't think anyone cares, and then they realize, oh, so oh, they're, just, <laughs> they're just shit. Over the past week, we've had about 20 reports of all these discs flying everywhere. Hey, like, uh, you're saying they're just bored, and they're like, what the fuck is this? Gotta be a flying disc. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey. I'm saying they released the press report thinking nothing of it. Oh, and okay. are they start realizing, oh, all these fucking people are reporting seeing shit like this. So we can't go on record saying that this is what crashed here because then everyone's going to be up our ass to figure out what it was. Okay. Well, now what are you saying? Hey, uh, we're out of meth. Uh, we need to get some money into this economy. What, do we, what should we do? <laughs> Aliens, aliens. <laughs> also, but it's the Air Force. Like, they don't get money from releasing, like, press stories. No, I think Adam's going with the people of the towns. Okay, but Colluding again, this is story. all coming Collusion. from the Air Force. Oh, so maybe Mac Brazel's fucking around? Classic hoaxer. Okay. So, uh, so again, some I mean. foil and shit around in his yard. <laughs> yeah, now there's a fucking fine disc, brother. <laughs> <laughs> So there's no transcripts of this press release that exists, but in the Roswell Daily Record uh, dated July 8th, 1947, following the press release, the headline read, RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. 
Now, this is by far the most famous newspaper clipping related to Roswell. I mean, if you Google Roswell, this pops up. Um, This is one of the key pieces in examining the incident as a whole, because aside from the press release, this is the first public report on record. Now, the article went on to read... The Intelligence Office of the 509th Bombardment Group of Roswell Army Airfield announced at noon today that the field has come into possession of a flying saucer. According to information released by the department over authority of Major J.A. Marcel, Intelligence Officer, the disc was recovered on a ranch in the Roswell vicinity after an unidentified rancher had notified Sheriff Wilcox here that he had found the instrument on his premises. Major Marcel, in a detail from his department, went to the ranch and recovered the disc. After the intelligence officer here had inspected the instrument, it was flown to higher headquarters. The intelligence office stated that no details of the saucer's construction or its appearance had been revealed. All right, so let's pause there. I mean, we'll, we'll finish out the article, but so right now, we basically got some strange material and the Air Force flying the debris to higher-ups. Um, There's no mention of bodies or anything like that. Um, Now, also in the same article, it goes on to discuss the Wilmot sighting as it continues. Mr. and Miss Dan Wilmot apparently were the only persons in Roswell who who saw what they thought was a flying disc. They were sitting on their porch at 105 South Penn last Wednesday night about 10 o'clock when a large glowing object zoomed out of the sky from the southeast, going northwesterly direction at a high rate of speed. Wilmot called Miss Wilmot's attention, and they both ran into the yard to watch. It was in sight less than a minute, perhaps 40 or 50 seconds. Wilmot said that it appeared to him be about 1,500 feet high and going fast. He estimated between four and 500 miles per hour. In appearance, it looked oval in shape and like two inverted saucers faced mouth to mouth, or like two old type wash bowls placed together in the same fashion. The entire body glowed as though light were showing through from the inside, though not like it would be if light were underneath. From where he stood, Wilmot said the object looked to be about five feet in size. Wilmot said he heard no sound. The object came into view from the southeast and disappeared over the treetops in the general general vicinity of Six Mile Hill. The announcement that the RAAF was in possession of one came only a few minutes after he decided to release the details of what he himself had seen. Now, following this article, the major consensus on the case is that military decided to conceal the true purpose of the crash device And the United States military maintains that what was recovered near Roswell was debris from the crash of an experimental high-altitude surveillance balloon belonging to what was then a classified top-secret program named Mogul. Um, Now, again, Manhattan Project, another dot connection, and this will come up later again, but, you know, the government was actively doing atomic testing. Uh, You know, they were doing shit like that. So this isn't really too far-fetched, right? So they're doing atomic tests with weather balloons? (laughs) Well, they're monitoring the atomic tests with the weather balloon. Mm. Seeing, you know... That sounds like a terrible... They're basically, hey, drop the bomb watching from a balloon. (laughs) 
Well, Let's no, I see think how it's fucked not up a, the air <laughs> on here is after we dropped all these A bombs. Yeah, I mean that's basically what it is. I don't think it's necessarily testing the air quality or like they're just a, there's not a camera. No, that's... it's a sound. It, it was like a recorder device to see how far the shock wave went or some shit like that. Something or other. So the balloons are like a marker. Maybe. Hmm. I mean, who the fuck knows? I mean, how I do they guess, even get yeah. these fucking things back? Yeah. I'm not think a it scientist. was really a balloon. I'm Watch not the, a fucking government agent. Watch the Jays. Where are you? Now, okay. So obviously at this point, the government doesn't want to look like buffoons. Um, so they instead informed the public that the crash was a weather balloon. Um, now, a press conference was held with the debris, foil, rubber, wood, and said to be from the crashed object, which matched the weather balloon description. Now, the story essentially died the next day. So if, it, if this was the true intention of the government, it pretty much worked. I mean, because the event faded from attention of the UFO world for more than 30 years. And I mean, I guess rightfully back in 47, there really wasn't that much of a UFO world. Well, sure. And but back, back then, like, oh, the government says something? Well, listen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Now, okay, yeah. Let's talk about that because I want to pause here. So, you know, when this story was released um, and then retracted, recanted, that's the same thing, right? Retracted and recanted. Okay. So it was 1947. Like you were saying, you know, people Mm -hmm. still pretty much trusted the government. I feel like retracted is taking something back. Recanted is like retelling the story. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Okay. Okay. All right. English major over here. All right. Now, um... Again, we don't learn the definitions of words. (laughs) We learn how to write things like uh, this whole thing, do research. Like 56 of these. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, again, you know, 1947, people still pretty much trusted the government at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, They weren't willing to, they were willing. That's what they want you to think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. There There it is. Now, they were willing to just go with uh, what they said was the official story, you know. Um, They wouldn't think that their own government couldn't be trusted. So as we said, you know, it kind of died, faded away for 30 years. Now, what happened a little under 30 years later? Uh, 1972, another dot connection. We did another episode on it. What just happened, guys? What happened in 1972? Nothing? The war in Vietnam. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. Watergate. <laughs> oh, that, I was going to say that. Yeah. So, uh, oh, connection. See, I wasn't here yeah. for that episode. That's yeah, not that's, my that, Yeah, that's okay. true. That All is right. actually true. Um, Watergate. So, hey, Watergate happens. Hey, maybe the government can't be trusted. Um, let's see what else doesn't line up. You know, what else have they lied about? Let's go back, check the record. Um, now right around the time this starts, stuff starts popping off, you know, this was the dawn of the whole government mistrust. You know, you had Mm. JFK, um, Vietnam, the hippies, uh, it was right. Not really a government conspiracy. (laughs) No, but, but I mean, the hippies, they were saying fuck you to the establishment. Yeah. Yeah. It's the counterculture. It's the age of like, that was widespread. But in the fifties, everybody was. Oh, that's swell, Johnny. You know, like they didn't, they weren't fucking well, of out. Of course it was a weather balloon. <laughs> yeah, they weren't out there fucking dropping acid and banging everybody. Uh, and then they along come the hippies. Probably were out in New Mexico. And it was right there in oh, plain myth. day, you know. It was right there in all these, in all these things, all these dots connecting. The government is lying to you. They have aliens. Wake up. Hello. Hello. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, let's wake up, people. So after a 30-year cool-down period, um, strange stories start start to pop up, start to surface from stranger former... Things. Stranger Things and Stranger Than Fiction. Um, this stuff starts to <laughs> pop up from former Roswell Army Airfield personnel <laughs> and even citizens of the city of Roswell telling of the recovery of strange debris and later these stories become a complete spacecraft and even alien bodies. However, uh, this is where I'm buying into Adam's story. And what is that? Right. They just made this up to get, <laughs> to get money for the for account. the economy. Yeah. What? Okay. okay. I mean, hey, right. I'm siding. With I, you, buddy. Yes, I, I will I, I say. Just I, when's the last time that's happened? I'm an episode that. Every episode, this almost. guy. You say that on head. every no, episode. We butt heads every episode. This you butt heads about Star Wars, Wars teams. And oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Star Wars. That's right. about it. Maybe okay. lately. All right. Well, half five. I mean, hey, I will say, you know, evidence for the reality of these claims has been and continues to remain highly controversial. Now, the pioneer of this investigative journalism was none other than legendary nuclear physicist and ufologist himself, Stanton Friedman. Uh, R.I.P., you know, this guy actually passed away this year. Here's the end. Um, legend. I mean, this guy was on, is on the forefront of ufology. Well, now was on the forefront. Yes, that's what I said. You said is. Uh, I said was. Now, uh, really, <laughs> if it wasn't for Stanton Friedman, no one would even really know about this case. It would pro- it would. So he was a nuclear physicist and then said, no, nah, nah, fuck it. I'll start writing about Roswell. Sorry. Oh, he was a nuclear physicist and he did ufology on the side like like us. Adam's like a doctor. So no. I mean, he's trained to be, he's trained <laughs> to be a, I tell people. He's trained to be a doctor, does the podcast on the side. It's like he just kind of did this research, um, you know, wrote books. I mean, this guy's a fucking... Uh, Your hero, basically? Where's all the, Where do people Maybe. come up with the time for this, dude? I'm always in school. When do these guys have time to write stuff down, man? I mean, I'm thinking it's just a computing power of his brain if he's already a nuclear physicist he's probably like on another level that's than us. fair i'll never get to that yeah. level Respect. looks like you're using those papers not for writing <laughs> yeah but for rolling doobies um now so yeah i mean if it really wasn't for this guy probably nobody would know about this i mean this wasn't even on um the radar of the ufo community as the weather balloon story basically wrapped it all up mm. Now, anywho, in 1978, by pure chance, Friedman interviewed Jesse Marcel, who was the only person known to have accompanied the Roswell debris from where it was recovered to Fort Worth, where reporters saw material which was allegedly part of the recovered object. Why the hell would you take it there? Well, they, I think they took it there before uh, other places, which we'll get into. But uh, Jesse Marcel couldn't remember the month or even the year of the event in this interview. Um, you know, he was an old timer by then. His days were numbered, and he's just kind of telling this stuff to Stanton, saying, you I know, drink hey. old timer. <laughs> yeah, hey, this is, this is what I remember. Now, the, in the Marcel interview, um, he claims... We went out to the scene of where the crash was and started picking up the debris. It's almost indescribable. It's not the kind of material I'd ever seen in my life, nor have I seen it since. There was various types of materials which I couldn't even identify. Little members that looked like they were made of wood. <laughs> members? Yeah. Wood? Members? There's little just alien wood dicks lying around. <laughs> I heard his teeth were made of wool. I mix up DNA. There were little members that looked like they were made of wood, but it wasn't wood. 
It was some kind of writing or hieroglyphics that I couldn't decipher, and no one else could. It was flexible, but you couldn't break it or burn it. Was he out here with a lighter? <laughs> trying to light... What the fuck Pinocchio. is this shit? <laughs> also, I found a piece of metal which was about the thickness of the foil in a pack of cigarettes. But the amazing part was you hit it with a sledgehammer and you couldn't even put a dent in it. That astounded me, and I knew it was nothing from here. I was convinced it was not from anywhere on Earth, and I'm still convinced of that. So this guy's finding this crazy fucking, these crazy little metal alien dicks out there. (laughs) Um, He says he even brought a counterintelligence guy with him in the staff car. Um, They got everything they could. They filled the car with stuff. And um, he said he, like, went back home. And in some accounts, he, like, uh, showed his kids this stuff. I heard that he woke them up in the middle of the night. Yeah, I've heard that, too. I mean, there's, there's, again, this is another thing that gets convoluted. And there's a bunch of different accounts. He said, she said. Um, Yeah. You know, some people say he, like, hid it under a bush and went back later and got it. A bush? Yeah. um, You know, there's a ton of shit on that. shit for later. There's probably one bush in that whole desert. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean. No one will ever find that. I know exactly where this is. (laughs) The material itself. Like, he's saying it was just, like balsa wood but metal like it was just super light um again he said you couldn't uh break it um and i think the foil he was saying you could like ball it up and then let it go and it would like go back to completely flat that's kind of fucked up in some sense though that he finds this crazy shit and the first thing he tries to do is just destroy it in every way possible. Well, yeah. Again, I was confused by that. Who just has a sledgehammer with him? <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking break this shit, bro. Let's light it on fire. <laughs> and they're just like, I just imagine these red, it's like the fucking scene in Joe Dirt. Let, what is it? It looks like an old A-bomb. Let's shoot fireballs at it. <laughs> like, that is literally what these guys are doing. But maybe the government said, hey, Guys, go ahead and get rid of all this shit. Dude, this guy's a fucking major in the army. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe the government was like, hey, go <laughs> hey, ahead. Hey, go ahead and fuck this shit up. Hey, we got this incident <laughs> out in the middle of the desert. Go ahead and get rid of it. Who gives a fuck? Um, go piss on it, light it on fire, whatever you want to do. Take a sledgehammer. Now, again, he said, yeah, piss on it. Now, again, <laughs> um, he said in that same interview, he said, I know it was not a weather balloon, and I'd swear it on the biggest Bible. It wasn't a missile or any part of an aircraft that we know of. Um, so who is we? That's the government, I believe. What are they? Or humans, you know. <laughs> now I what think that uh, this interview comes out, and this is really where the Roswell snowball, we'll call it, starts to starts to roll. Um, the first conspiracy book about Roswell came out in 1980 by Charles Berlitz and Bill Moore titled The Roswell Incident. Now, this is also known as version one of the Roswell tale. Um, in this narrative, it holds that an alien craft was flying over the New Mexico desert observing U.S. nuclear weapons activity. Again, i.e. Manhattan Project, nuclear monitoring, monitoring from aliens, or nuclear monitoring from Russians. Now, again, I mean, as we saw in last episode, this was around the time this shit was going on, and a lot of people um, a lot of people subscribe to this theory is that it, aliens or Russians were trying to snoop around over there and kind of see what we were doing. So if we're going off this book, it's saying that this 
UFO was monitoring us, um, our nuclear activity. It crashed after being hit by a bolt of lightning. This killed the aliens on board, and thus we get the whole government cover-up. This version also first introduced the idea that the debris which were recovered by Marcel at the Foster Ranch and are visible in the photographs in the newspaper, they show Marcel uh, posing with the debris, this was substituted for debris from a weather device as part of a cover-up. And I watched a lot of documentaries, and I mean, check this out. Um, this, I mean, Google the pictures of Marcel holding this stuff. I mean, look at his face. He's kind of looking like... What the fuck is this? Like, this isn't what we found. He know? looks like a Boy Scout. <laughs> but, you know, look at the expression on his face. He's like, hey, are you fucking serious? Like, I'm not even going to look at the camera. I think his son said in an interview, like... His dad told him he didn't even want to look at the camera because he knew this was bullshit. This was a cover-up. This was a fucking farce. This is like, okay, like I can't lie because when I lie, I laugh my ass off. And all you got to do is look in my eye. Is that what you're telling me? I cannot tell a lie. I chopped <laughs> down that cherry tree. But yeah. uh, okay, so uh, we're digging. I guess. Right now we're digging into the, the first thing we talked about was this is a weather balloon. Now we're saying this well, isn't a weather balloon. This is that's a whole what new the cons- government okay, said. Okay, 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 okay. Now this book comes out and says, yes, this was not a weather balloon. This was aliens monitoring us for nuclear technology, and the government um, spawns this whole cover-up. Now I have never seen a weather balloon personally. I don't know if you guys have, but this picture that I'm looking at does not... It doesn't make me think of a weather, but what a weather balloon would look like. Well, again, I mean, we'll get into what and what. Who can really say what a weather balloon? Is? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we can. I mean, okay, there was like two different types because one, there's the weather balloon that's like a normal weather balloon, and two, which this is just like a hot air balloon, or like that shit that's kind of big in the old, atmosphere, big old. Balloon, basically. Yeah, but they got cameras and shit on them, and heavy duty. Rubber. We'll find out the mogul stuff, the top secret mogul that was monitoring nuclear testing in Russia, like those weather balloons, like you know, a sat the satellite arms that are like the foil, the silver foil you see in space. Okay, it had some of those attached to it, so this could possibly be <laughs> something like that. All right, um, all right. Now this this book, so the one that comes out in 1980 that we're talking about, um, this also introduced an alien account by uh, Socorro, New Mexico resident Barney Barnett, um, who had died years earlier. Uh, friends of Barnett said he described the crash of a flying saucer and the recovery of alien corpses in the vicinity of Socorro. Uh, this is about 150 miles west of the Foster Ranch. So again, this is two crashes. Now, he said a group of archaeologists stumbled upon an alien craft and its occupants on the morning of July 3rd, only to be led away by military personnel. Uh, Further accounts suggested that the aliens and the craft were transported to Edwards Air Force Base in California, which is also allegedly where Eisenhower signed the treaty with the Greys. The book suggested that either there were two crafts that crashed or... Like the stuff on the Foster Ranch was debris from this Barnett crash that was kind of, you know, let out and then it crashed later down the line and um, landed near the Foster Ranch after like an explosion or it was hit by lightning or something like that. But it can't be burned or broken. But it got hit by lightning. Or smashed by a sledgehammer. Well, it got hit by lightning and just blew apart maybe. But hey. That's an interesting uh, hole you're poking there. Also, Foster, is this where they get the chickens from? It's Australian for beer. 
Foster Chickens? Yeah, yeah. Foster back? Farms. Foster Farms, isn't that it? With the I'm chickens. not familiar with this Foster Farms. Dude, they were big, like, you know. Yeah. Like, all right, all right, thank you. I'm not all crazy. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Um, now, in 1991. Too much European beer. <laughs> in 1991, Kevin Randall and Donald Schmidt published UFO Crash at Roswell. They added 100 new witnesses to the tale. 100? Wow, that's a lot yeah, of 100. Uh, read them and weep. 100 <laughs> new witnesses to the tale while altering the narrative slightly. Uh, new details included a gouge that extended four or 500 feet at the ranch. Several witnesses in the Roswell incident described being turned back from the Foster Ranch by armed military police. And also in this new account, uh, Brazel was described as leading the army to a second crash site on the ranch, at which point the army personnel were supposedly horrified to find civilians, including Barnett, already there. So, again, this second book kind of alters the narrative even more. Yeah, this is saying, like, people showed up before the government got there. Yeah, this okay. is saying, hey, there's, there's like, you know, kids playing around with this <laughs> shit. There's a gouge. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a gouge, like a big trench cut out by the the UFO. Um, and, it, and it kind of adjusts the Barnett story a little bit. Now, also in this book is where we get Glenn Dennis. He was a Roswell mortician who made the first claim of alien bodies for the Roswell crash on August 5th, 1989. Like 50 years later. In an interview with Stanton Friedman, um, he was first made public in this book. Now, it was his dramatic testimony about child-sized coffins and his girlfriend Naomi that told him about an autopsy that really electrified the Roswell saga. So this is like when we get the kind of like... Uh, Alien Autopsy. Remember we talked about this on our X-Files episode? Awesome game, by the way. Uh, yeah, another connecting the dot there. Now, according to Dennis, he received a call at Ballard's Funeral Home from the Roswell-based mortician asking if he could make a number of hermetically... Is that how you say that? You're a doctor. Hermetically sealable <laughs> child-sized <laughs> coffins. That came through my nose. Is that a real word? Yeah, it, I think it means like airtight, right? Search me, okay. the hermetic. Uh, You're yeah. asking the wrong doctor. <laughs> Hermetically sealable child-sized coffins. It's like airtight. I looked it up. Okay. Sounds like a child um, pedophile. That sounds like an English major to me. Sounds like something Michael Jackson would want. Hey, well, he just likes to stare um, at anuses. Yeah, I mean, That's this guy. So he says a few days later, a nurse friend from the RAF um, hospital told him that she had participated in the autopsy of three strange alien creatures. And she gave him sketches of the creatures. And this is no kidding. This was in a book I read. After getting a quote-unquote sacred oath from him to keep it secret. <laughs> so this lady, is that what having him swear on a Bible, doing a blood, uh, <laughs> a blood brother? Pinky swear, pinky yeah, promise. Yeah. And uh, then she gives him these sketches. Immediately afterwards, according to Dennis, his nurse friend was transferred to England, and um, his letter was returned to him. He wrote her a letter. Jeez. It was returned to him marked deceased. Now... That sounds believable. Yeah, I mean, most researchers now do not think that Dennis's testimony is credible. 
And a lot of people have Not kind a lot of, of Dennis's you can trust. Right? A lot of people have outed this guy as kind of bullshit. And I mean, I thought in, I saw in like one book I was reading that they actually did research and f- and found like all the nurses working. Like there's no record of what he's talking about. But again, Rob, that could be what they want you to think. Mm. You know, I mean, we know with Bob Lazar, they fucking do this shit all the time. If you believe him. All right, so now this one I thought was very interesting. Uh, Miriam Bush, uh, this was one Great case name. in here. So uh, this guy <laughs> George, this guy George Bush, no relation to the president. <laughs> um, he said his his sister Miriam, uh, she worked as secretary to the base uh, hospital and minister. Um, told researchers that he would never forget the day in July 1947 when she came home and told her family she had seen a creature from another world. Now, in obvious emotional distress, he says, she described seeing the bodies of what she first thought were small children in an examination room, but their heads and eyes were too large and their skin was grayish brown. Now, this is like, this could potentially be those retarded Russians we talked about last episode. Well, again, you're blowing our load a little bit early (sighs) and it's spectrum Russians. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Now, uh, it's fucked up. Okay, so. The next day, he said, um, she was obviously like terrified and she told her family, I am never to say another word about what I saw. None of you ever heard me say anything about it. Pinky promised me. Now, she never spoke of the incident again. And in 1989, her body was found in, Cal- in a California hotel room with her head in a plastic bag. And her, Stay the hell away from me, you son of a bitch. And her death was ruled as a suicide. Now, I have a clip that I believe we can play. Um, and this is her sister talking about her death. Mm. So here we go. Let's listen to this. When the police came and everything, they said that it had to be a, a suicide that the door was locked from inside like nobody could lock the door from the inside and you know it was all kind of it just skimmed over the top of it you know they didn't go into any research try to find out anything about her it just uh, I just don't believe that she killed herself I think somebody else did it there was something that was being covered up and evidently something important enough that they would kill to keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what do we think there? That's depressing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, very depressing, but okay. From So she was killed in 89. Why would they wait so long to kill her? Like, why wouldn't they have just killed her back in 47? Maybe she put some testament on one of these damn books. Okay. Hundred eyewitness testimonies. Okay. Didn't like what they heard. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, They said, "Hey, we gave you an oath. You pinky promised us. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You spit on your hand and shook my hand, (laughs) and you went you went against your word. You went against that. You told some fucking guy in a book that he wrote that no one probably bought." Okay, now with the, now with this book, there seems to be a chain of events with alien corpses being seen at the crash site and the bodies being shipped um, to the Roswell base, flown to Fort Worth, as we discussed, and finally to Wright Field in Dayton, Ohio. 
uh, the last known location of the bodies. Now, in 1992, Stan Friedman is back again, baby. Um, he is back with the book Crash at Corona. Um, Sounds like my kind of weekend. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that would be Crash because of Corona. Um, now, in this version, we get double the number of flying saucers and double the number of aliens. It's bumped up to eight. Now, this is like one of those. Was that the Super Soaker commercials? Or was it Double Mint Gum? Double it's your flavor. Probably both. Double. Yeah. Double your flavor. Or I like don't double. Like some with Super with Soaker twins, comes dude. to my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, double. So this twins? is Stan. This is Stan Friedman's whole thing. He's doubling down. He's double dosing that meth out so, in New Mexico. Probably. Yeah, again, he bumps the alien body count up to eight. Um, two Great of which. Band. Alien body count? That's the band? <laughs> so we should start one. <laughs> just by, are you talking about just yeah, body just count? Just body count, yes. Obviously. Okay. Um, so yeah, alien body count. Great band. Uh, <laughs> I'll make a shirt of that. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now this is where like one of the aliens was said to have survived, been taken into custody by the government. This also puts some documents into play which were anonymously dropped off at a UFO researcher's house in 1984. Um, These documents documents were purported to be 1952 briefing papers for incoming President Dwight Eisenhower uh, describing a high-level government agency whose purpose was to investigate aliens recovered at Roswell and keep such information hidden from public view. These Mm. would obviously go on to become the Majestic 12 documents. And I mean... This has largely been debunked as a hoax, but I think it's still worth an episode that we should definitely get into. So we won't get into it fully on here, but I mean, this is where you get the MJ-12 documents from. Going over some documents. Interesting. Dwight. Um, So this is really where we see full-on disagreements between researchers. Um, as in Friedman's book, he moved the Barnett account back to near Socorro and introduced a new eyewitness account of the site. Um, the new account from Gerald Anderson, who provided vivid descriptions of both downed alien craft and four aliens, of which at least one was alive, even took shots at the writers of UFO Crash at Roswell. So this is like East Coast, West Coast rivalry. We got Stanton Friedman going head to head with... Yeah, he's fucking firing shots. This is like his diss track to UFO Crash at Roswell. Mr. Anderson. (laughs) Um, But more or less, the book basically is the same sequence of events as in the UFO Crash at Roswell. Um, We got aliens seen at Roswell Army Airfield, shipped to Fort Worth, Lastly, to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Um, in this version, as many as eight alien corpses were recovered from two crash sites, um, three dead bodies, perhaps one alive from the Foster Ranch, and three dead and one living from the Socorro site. Now, last one we'll kind of get into is uh, former Lieutenant Colonel Philip J. Corso. He wrote an autobiography in 1997 titled The Day After Roswell. Now, this is, again, one of the bigger, more well-known books. I mean, this is one that my dad gave me when I was younger, kind of <laughs> getting into all this conspiracy stuff. Like, this and the Freedman stuff is really kind of seen as uh, 
more top notch, if you will, right? Authoritative. Yeah, I okay. guess it's more of like um, what 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 would you call it? Now you, you might ask yourself, how come these guys aren't getting murked off? Well. If they get murked, that lends way more credence to their story. They become what's known as a martyr, <laughs> right? <laughs> Think about it. The, if you start putting out some, what's easier for the government to do? Uh, kill somebody and cover that up or just write him off as a kook? I mean, what do they do to Bob Lazar? They just, they just deleted his fucking file and they said, you're, you're erased. You're deleted from the database and you're going to go around living the rest of your life like a fucking sad sack. Unfriend, unfollow. Exactly. Just, uh, he crazy for that one, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Now, in Philip J. Corso's book, The Day After Roswell, he claims that the Roswell crash did happen and that when he was assigned to Fort Riley, Kansas, in July of 1947, five trucks of 25 tons and some semi-trailers entered the base from Fort Bliss, Texas. Uh, he claimed that while he was patrolling the base, he was brought into the medical facilities by Sergeant Brown and shown the rem- remains of bodies that were from an air crash. Now, in this book, it's also the, like, he claims a lot about the reverse engineering like we got a lot of a technology from this reverse engineering, the alien craft. Mm-hmm. I mean, lasers, fiber optics, integrated circuits, he said was a big one. Um, now, this technology is all far too boring for us to get into here today. Yeah, lasers, um, who wants to talk about that? <laughs> no, I seriously did research into like, okay, let me see when the patents came out for this stuff. Let's like kind of trace it back, see if this is true. Um, and I got bored very quickly reading the history of fiber optics, integrated circuits, and lasers. Understandable, but still, it's like, oh, man, like someone just all of a sudden, oh, lasers, got it. <laughs> exactly. Fiber optics, got it, easy. Exactly. Um, now, okay, which brings me to this clip. So I was watching, and I, I got to see what this Philip J. Corso is looking like, if he's a trustworthy fellow. I start digging around for interviews. Um now, again, Adam, as you're saying, all these technologies coincidentally ramp yeah. up after the crash. Hmm. hmm. But then again, hmm, that's it a could mystery. just be, yes, of course technology is going to progress. That's like saying, um, sure. oh, all this technology comes after Tiger Woods wins the Masters? <laughs> hmm. Alien. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, so, like, listen to this clip, though, because this really... Um, this is just like, this is just, it's just, it's just, uh, just, just listen. So we talked to representatives of the companies cited in Colonel Corso's book. They hold the patents on things like Kevlar, fiber optics, lasers, night vision scopes, and integrated circuits. All items Corso maintains came from alien technology. It's a who's who of American industry. But Monsanto, DuPont, Hughes Aircraft, Bell Labs, and Dow Chemical all said they had never heard of Colonel Corso or the Roswell wreckage. So they're basically using Monsanto, DuPont, Dow, like these major corporations. Yeah, I was gonna say, How many yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, documentaries yeah. do you see come about the trustworthiness of these guys, and then you're going to just take their word for it? Oh, mm. they, these inventions were uh, done completely by us. <laughs> no shit Monsanto is going to say, uh, no, we got this stuff from Earth. You think they're going to just come out and say, well, you got us. Yeah, this is from aliens. <laughs> 
That could be a great marketing ploy, though. This new alien technology. Use it in your home. I, hey, I buy it. Well, they kind of went the other way on that one. <laughs> now, in these... Kind uh, of. Uh, so in these main accounts, and mostly those, like as we said, mostly the accounts given by Friedman and Corso, um, this really gave, but uh, essentially all of them gave rise to Roswell that we know and love today. So really after the Friedman interview and maybe version one come out is when you get the two main schools of thought. One, it was a weather balloon that was covered up due to the Cold War, came out much later that, hey technically still a balloon but just used to monitor soviet nuclear shit or two there was a crash and technology along with bodies uh were recovered and covered up by the government suppressing this knowledge from the public so those are like really the two split offs you get so this again highly interesting the existence of so many differing accounts by 94 led to a schism among ufologists about the events at roswell and i mean right here this is like some religion shit aliens Mm. are religion Mm. dude really you want to talk about a higher up i mean this is like some sunnis and shiites type stuff you know we at this point in time aliens have become a religion One of the central issues under discussion was where Barnett was when he saw the alien craft um, and he was said to have encountered the bodies and stuff like that. Like these groups can't agree on this. So you have sort of a split on the whole, the Roswell incident as a whole. And, you know, that's where we get boom split. We got the alien Sunnis, the alien Shiites. (laughs) And, um, Don Schmidt, this guy, um, he says like, it doesn't really matter of the various narratives, um, between writers. So he's like, yeah, this is a problem. But he says like, we know Jesus Christ was crucified. We just don't know where. Mm. So he's saying like, he is literally equating this to religion. It's like, it doesn't really matter how the events unfolded. We just know that they did. Right. Mm. And I mean, Again, Bible, bad example. That's alleged too. Uh, but, but I'm saying this is where it's become just as big as the Bible. It's like, uh, what it, What was that um, John Lennon? The Beatles are bigger than Jesus. <laughs> Aliens are bigger than Jesus at this point. Right? Basically, Roswell isn't necessarily the only site that's happened. Roswell is bigger than Jesus. <laughs> no, Roswell is, he's saying like, it doesn't really matter like the, the specifics. Not, Let's not get into schematics, sabermetrics, right. sabermetrics, you know? This Money fucking, ball. Yeah. This fucking, he's saying the fucking government's covering it up. It doesn't matter how it happened. Um, In the end, it doesn't really matter. Now, let's get into Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Rob, I asked you to look up a few things on this because this was always something that that always pops up when you're doing Roswell research or something that Hal always talked about, uh, Wright Patterson air force base. So what exactly crashed in 1947? Was it a weather balloon, high altitude spy device, extraterrestrial craft? Um, just a weather balloon. Don't worry about it. Now, if the crash site debris wasn't really a weather balloon, where did the real shit end up? Um, basically, yeah. That if it was no other balloon, it's an alien craft. The real shit, dude. Mm. Area 51, dude. Easy. Jeez. No, no, no. 
They're saying so. That's what they want you to. Think. One aspect of uh, of all renditions of the tale that is consistent throughout is that the government did take debris from the crash site. I mean, we looked at this in the first account issued right after the press release. It said there's multiple accounts, correct? Yeah, but what I'm saying is the very first account before they retracted the story says this stuff has been flown to higher ups. And then in every account after that, this is like one of the, um, what do they call it? A through line. This is like one of the things that stays consistent is that stuff from this crash site was flown somewhere else to a higher base, higher authority, um, some shit like that. Now, also from that same Marcel interview that we, that Stan Friedman came out with, which really got this thing rolling. Um, Keep on rolling, baby. Marcel claimed, he said this in the interview, Marcel himself said, I consulted my CO who said, you better fly the thing to Wright-Patterson Airfield, Ohio. So we <laughs> loaded up the whole thing, which was not a whole lot of material, onto a B-29. We had only picked up one small fraction of what was out there. It was scattered over such an area about three quarters of a mile long and several hundred feet wide. We've been there all day picking up the shit. Now they're going to Ohio? Yep. Right, Patterson. <laughs> Ohio. Sovereign four, sect. Four dead in Ohio. Alien Robbie workshop. Robbie Diesel. We need to get him on an episode. Yeah, he's probably a big conspiracy guy. Right? I would imagine. Alien okay. workshop. Probably getting tired of now, did doing he America's that? Funniest Home Videos on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, come check out our show. Come hang out with us. Yeah, do an episode, man. That'd be good. Bring Chanel West Coast with you. Or call not. Her, call her Chanel East Coast. Now, this is actually where it gets interesting because we now, got... This is where it gets interesting. <laughs> <laughs> up, up to this point, it's been just been well, boring. Well, We've just been muddling through it. Why don't you hear me out here? Um, hear him out, hear him out. So we got the Marcel interview. You got a theory here? He says it flies to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. They flew the debris there. Um, they flew the debris to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. It comes out in the interview. All the weather balloon stuff. Now, we talked about this a lot. Project Sign, which became Project Grudge in 1949 and went on to become Project Blue Book in 1952, mm. was Wright-Patterson Air Force Base's T2 intelligence investigations of unidentified flying objects, which also began in July of 1947. Mm. So is it That's any interesting? Hmm, is it any coincidence that where this alleged alien wreckage or weather balloon was flown is right where the precursor to Project Blue Book, a comprehensive study by the U.S. government into UFOs, also began? Mm. Hmm. Now that is just very interesting. I'd say. Sounds like it's probably just a coincidence. So going off of that, let's get into some theories. Uh, and I mean, this is where I want you guys to chirp in like the little canaries that you are. Um, right up top, let's get into the balloon theory. Okay. I don't know if anyone's buying that one. So if we say it was, in fact, a balloon from Project Mogul, let's go ahead and examine Project Mogul. Um, this was a top secret project by U.S. Army Air Forces involving microphones flown on high-altitude balloons whose primary purpose was long-distance detection of sound waves generated by Soviet atomic bomb tests. So not even cameras, microphones. Yeah, they're just seeing if these Soviets are setting off the bombs. Well, they're not saying they're hearing. Yeah, hearing. Um, 
And subsequently, they don't have the technology until they get yes. the crashed weather balloon. Now, the project was carried out from 1947 until early 1949. That being said, um, these balloons were made up of pretty common stuff that wouldn't really be mistaken for a flying saucer. Sure. Just like you were saying, right? Yeah. Look like two mouths. I mean, I could probably, okay, yes, could probably smash a balloon with a sledgehammer. In all my research for this, like, I don't really see a lot of people talk about this. Who the fuck mistakes a weather balloon <laughs> for a flying saucer? That's not really something you mix up, right? <laughs> I would like, if not. you see a deflated balloon, you don't go, that's a flying saucer. Holy shit, that's a flying Aliens. saucer. <laughs> <laughs> that was going 500 miles an hour. <laughs> Am I right? Like, you don't do that. Like, there had to be something more there, right? Right, right. Um, and furthermore, you know, about half of the mogul balloons, these highly top secret balloons were never recovered. Mm. You know why? Cause the government didn't care enough to go looking for them. Right. Hey. They sent them oh, up. Oh, you found a balloon with a <laughs> yeah. microphone? Yeah. Good for well, you. Good. Who gives the fucking rat's boot? Um, so the question is left. If this is the theory you subscribe to, why was this one so important? Why was this one balloon a rec- became like a recanted news story and then flown in secrecy to all these bases? Why did this one balloon cause so much what hullabaloo? Hullabaloon, <laughs> you know? Balloonapalooza. Yeah, why, why this one? I had friends on that balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking not a fucking balloon at all. Uh, I don't think it was a balloon. I don't either. think it was a balloon, man. Okay, so we're so we're nixing the balloon theory. That's out the window. That's no balloon. Okay. Now, all right, and here's this is my fucking like coup de gras theory. <laughs> right. This is my rant. I typed this up while I was drinking white Russians and watching uh, Ancient Aliens <laughs> and hanging out with some Europeans. <laughs> I was not hanging out with any Europeans just by myself. Um, so f- let's let's take a look at this. I mean, we another connecting the dots. Flying saw. What did we get in uh, World War Two, Adam? You and me did an episode this on this. This was the V two, the Foo Fighters, right? Yep. Okay. Foo Fighters. Yep. So what? Now what are those? Kind of like they seem like little remote, like probes, like correct? Lights. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not like a full on craft yet. Right. Not yet. And think why. We didn't have the nuclear technology yet. We hadn't seen it before. So maybe, but. Hey, Germans allegedly, like a lot of UFO German shit and like Time Machine, like Die Glock, I think it's called. We should mm. do like a Nazi uh, UFO shit. episode. Okay. Weird. We were just talking about that. Yeah, we should do like a Nazi <laughs> UFO episode because the Nazis were fucking. You said you weren't into Nazi shit. Now you want to do it? No, he well, said Nazi he's in from UFO a historical stuff. Aspect. Yeah, historical, historical aspect. I'm not, I don't, I don't subscribe to their fucking right, viewpoints. Right. Jesus no, no, Christ. Nobody here does. Nobody here does. Yeah, I fucking love kosher stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you can tell. <laughs> we're having pierogies and matzo right after <laughs> yeah, this. So, uh, okay, so Germany was supposedly. I drink a man right now. I mean, <laughs> hey, what did we learn about in our Manhattan Project? Germany was supposedly working on nuclear tech, right, and right, we get Foo VTs, Fighters. Yep. Maybe they weren't as far along, so they're just sending probes at this point. Maybe little cameras, little alien cameras. Microphones. Um, and then Trinity- just learning to fly, you meant to. Oh, Foo Fighters, uh, Dave Grohl, very <laughs> <laughs> So then the Trinity- Five minutes later. All right, then the Trinity test happens. Right, right. Um, we get the 47 crash. 
uh, countless other crashes start happening in North America. Now, if this was a direct result of humans gaining nuclear tech, the theories that are um, splitting atoms somehow like fuck with space time, that's why mm. these aliens are coming down to monitor. Maybe that's what caused them to, to crash. You know, maybe like, because we talked about on the Bob Lazar Area 51 episode, if they're like, he said their craft works by like manipulating space time. And it like and pulls the craft it. through space time. If splitting an atom fucks with that, maybe their craft all of a sudden just like juts out of fucking space time and crashes in New Mexican desert. They're coming here to warn us like, hey, what you're doing could fuck shit up. But at the same time, maybe they're coming here. Hey, y'all are doing this wrong. Here's how to do it right. Maybe oh, two man. different theories there wow. because one, it's like, what if they're what if they're like. Uh, you know, they got their GPS, their TomTom, they're chugging along, chugging along. Boom, we split the atom at the training test, comes fucking crashing mm. down. These guys are playing The Sims, and they're like, hey, do this this way, and you get it right. Or they're like, hey, you guys need to stop. Wow, dude, you've blown my mind in the last five yeah, minutes. Yeah, because, I mean, All you right. know, who knows how this fucking alien tech... Or they're just sitting back like, wow, you dumbasses are just <laughs> figuring this out now. And they get fucked up one night. And crash. <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be true too. And like then they're, they're like, "Well, can't go back to this planet for a while. You guys yeah, fucked just, up. Just fucked up. They're just <laughs> fucked up aliens, like shitty aliens that are just kind of you know Drinking getting their, their Carlsberg. They're getting their permits and shit, <laughs> and then they're fucking crashing. Um, Drinking too many Coronas behind the wheel. But yeah, now that Drinking was driving. That was kind of my whole theory. Is maybe. Um, they were monitoring us, mm. kind of flying around our airspace saying, hey, you know, what are these fucking idiot monkeys doing? <laughs> and then the fucking our splitting of atoms kind of recalibrates their fucking craft and causing it to crash. Now, there's also this theory um, which came out in um, – one second. I need to find this woman's name. <laughs> For some reason, I'm getting her confused with the girl from Broad City. You're watching too much sure. Broad City. <laughs> yeah, Abby yeah. Jacobson. So this is Annie Jacobson. Um, Annie, are you okay? She you wrote okay? the book Area 51: An Uncensored History, an uncensored history, uncensored history, an uncensored history of America's top secret military base. Now she was also on Rogan, and I listened to her interview on Rogan, and her this again goes back to Russian hacking mm. theories. Her whole theory is um, in the last chapter of the book, she has a theory on like Roswell, which she got from a one guy who was an unnamed source. Sure, she sure. wouldn't say what his name, but basically she pinky promise. Uh, this was whole this whole thing was like uh, the brainchild of Stalin. And Russia surgically operated on a bunch of mentally challenged children to look like aliens and then had them purposely crash here to kind of, you know, get our government preoccupied with worrying about like a, a coming. He basically took, um, Stalin, if you can believe it, old Joseph Stalin, <laughs> he's, a, he's listening to, uh, Orson Welles, War of the Worlds. He fucking loves it. <laughs> Who doesn't? And he's like, Hey, I like this so much. I'm going to do this for real. Uh, let me go ahead and surgically operate a bunch of mentally challenged Russian children and just send them on over to crash in the United States. That way the government's all preoccupied. They're having a mass panic. And we can get to the moon first. I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's just develop a fine saucer and fill it with <laughs> retards and crash hey, it in the spectrum, desert. Spectrum, hey. spectrum. Hey, retard. Come on. Come on. Are you, lady? 
Yeah, mentally challenged. That's what we Spectrum. use. Here. So okay. yeah, okay. I don't think mentally Stalin disabled children. is doing this. I mean, why would also why would this unnamed source just all of a sudden tell her this? I mean, maybe this is like a deathbed confession. Mm. Also, only one source, Annie. Annie, are you okay? And okay, what's more likely? Let's just Not think about that theory. <laughs> <laughs> the skeptic is proof. No, no, no. Let's think it's about this like, for a let's minute. Let's pull it further away from the truth with exactly. this fucking crazy ass theory. Hey, they say um, fiction is stranger than the truth, right? Mm. Or what's the movie? <laughs> stranger than fiction. Stranger things, pulp fiction. Something like that. Okay. All right. All right. Anyways, they're saying, okay, what's more likely that aliens, hey, we believe there's intelligent life out there, right? We all believe that, right? Right, right. That's I not too far I believe in weather off. balloons, actually. I believe okay. in miracles where I come from. Okay. <laughs> Let's not be assholes I for a second. Uh, and we'll go ahead and say, hey, maybe there is intelligent life out there. What's more likely, that some of this intelligent life crashed or that Stalin had a genius plan <laughs> to operate on spectrum children from Russia to make them look like aliens, plan a crash in a remote area in the desert the in middle hopes of nowhere, that the military would recover it <laughs> and cause panic amongst the government. Right, right. I mean, that's a fucking, that's like, uh, that's a I, was, I was speaking, going back to the Nazi thing. I was reading about like this one plan to kill this, this Nazi was like, poison his cigarettes to like cause a stomach ache and then give him a bunch of prescription poison pills that he takes for the headache to kill him. Like, why not just give him poison? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or why not just put that poison in the cigarettes? Like it's such an elaborate plan that it just doesn't fucking make sense. So it's like, why would, and she got a lot of backlash for this book from the UFO community. And I will say rightfully so. I mean, this theory just doesn't seem that likely. Like, why would they, why crash in the desert? Like, why mm. wouldn't Stalin have sent these motherfuckers to, like, New York City? Well, also crash into a, the World Trade Center. Let's oh. take a look at what Russia was looking like in the 40s, and I don't think they're developing <laughs> flying saucers at that <laughs> yeah. time. Well, it, yeah, they Have you guys ever seen, like, Enemy at the Gates? Great movie, by the way. Looking <laughs> oh, a little run down at the time. Yeah, I'm sure Jude Law <laughs> was out there as a Russian sniper. <laughs> it was a semester abroad, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think Russia was really, uh, again, at the at forefront the of technology of UFO, in but again, yeah, But, again, like... They didn't really have to develop a crash. They just had to develop something that looked like a flying saucer. Put a bunch of these Spectrum kids in there, and then we're fucking freaking out. But again, why do this in the middle of fucking nowhere desert? All the work that that would take. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that that is like that. Build me a flying saucer. Find a bunch of Spectrum kids and have them crash in New Mexico, dude. That's easy. Okay. Yeah, Let's see. That is not easy. Please. Like yeah. Autopilot that shit. All right. We got a regular Stalin over here. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying. All right. Well, let's get to some conclusions. Surgically make them look like aliens <laughs> and then crash them in a desert. That's not easy. He was a retard. All right. Let's get to some conclusions. Do we want to do like, do we got an idiot report? Uh, TLD. Yeah, Adam them. just said it. Do we want to do <laughs> that? No, I, don't think, I don't think that's the case. I'm just saying. Do we want to do a TLDL before the conclusions or after? I mean, we can do it now. You can move it if you need to. All right. What do we got? Uh, something, whether it was balloons or spectrum kids from Russia or aliens, crashed into the Roswell Desert. The government 
as usual, tried to cover it up. And right. now we're here trying to figure out what's real. Okay, so you are <laughs> under the belief that it was a cover-up and something... I think it's aliens. Okay. I, I, but see, I genu- I believe in aliens. This universe is too big. It's too big. We're super big. The universe is so humongous big, you know. There, something had to come here. And whether it was to tell us, hey, don't do this nuclear stuff, or hey, you're doing it wrong. Or here's some off. other, Yeah, yeah, here's some cool shit you can do on the side. Here's some science fair projects. I'll show you some cool shit along the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Some science fair projects. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's, all right, so let's get to the conclusion. Uh, the Roswell UFO myth... Um, it's been very good business for UFO groups, publishers, sure. Hollywood, the only business, Roswell, the town of Roswell, right. the media, ufology as a whole. Um, when comparing these, the stories as we know them, uh, to which was originally ported, reported in 1947, and to the brief mentions of it in a few genuine government documents available. Um, it's difficult to see the justification for declaring Roswell as like the end all be all, the fucking top conspiracy. That's where I'm getting at that mm. it's overrated. Okay. Like you look at all these documents, all this like stuff, and it's like, it's, it is a lot of just he said, she said. It's not any conclusive evidence. Like there's so many other conspiracy theories, so many other even alien encounters and sightings out there that have a lot more, I guess, uh, hold more weight, you could say. Yeah, tangible evidence, hold a little more water. If you will, nine eleven. That's fair. Has Tom has Tom talked about this? Have you guys been keeping up? Has Tom talked about this on History Channel? Well, he's not answering my emails. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't really. Uh, I don't really text with him too much anymore. You guys are on Instagram. Ever since he quit Blink, you know, I don't really text him anymore. We went to go see Angels and Airwaves. I really didn't even finish the uh, series Unidentified, so maybe we revisit that. Okay, Um, but. Nonetheless, uh, the Roswell incident has turned into a widely known pop culture phenomenon, making the name sure. Roswell synonymous with UFOs. Okay. That's you know, fair. there's no denying that. And so, of all the questions in this, you know, there's still like a few questions that we probably will never have the answers to and that kind of give this some weight, you know. Did the military switch materials that Major Marcel brought back from the debris field and instead allow the press to take pictures of an actual battered weather balloon? Who knows? Mm. I mean, his son holds that they did. That picture doesn't... I mean, I I can admit that I've never seen a weather balloon, but I don't imagine that's what a weather balloon looks like. I don't know about you guys. Well, then what? So you're saying they just threw some bullshit in there and said it was a weather balloon? I have seen a weather balloon before, and it doesn't look like that either. Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's me. All right, let's get to the next question. But hey, I wasn't around in 1947, so maybe (laughs) that looks a little different then. Next unanswered question we got. Why would the military even decide to issue a press release about a captured flying saucer? You know? I mean, Mm. this is military 101. They don't do that shit. Mm. I mean, I guess, yes, it was different back in the 40s. Right. So, yeah, I mean, Myself. like, why would they even do this if this was such a big deal? I mean, this was one of the, um, I think it was, like, because the nuclear test at the time, like, this base was one of the, the base over at Roswell. This was, like, one of the highly classified bases of the time. Why would they come out? You think them, of all people, would know the difference between a weather balloon and a fucking disc, a flying saucer? <laughs> Maybe someone there was like, we got to get this shit out. 
and, and just then, leaked you know, it. We don't day, know. We don't want them to know what we're really doing. Next here. day, he ends up in a fucking motel under a fake name with his head in a bag. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, went down to Australia. They say. Down under. Yeah. So why would the military suddenly change the story from flying saucer to weather balloon? Mm. You know, cover up, right? I mean, why else? Mistake? Honest mistake. Oh, it's a flying saucer. It's actually a weather balloon. Autocorrect, dude. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, And the last one, you know, why were the materials from the crash flown to to a different base, to a higher up base? You've ever been to Ohio? That's like the land of poor white people. I mean, hell, you don't see LeBron there anymore. Maybe so, he is an alien. He's fucking Space Jam, dude. That's why he's so good at basketball. That's a whole other episode for a whole other day. That movie's not even out yet. <laughs> we don't have that technology yet. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there we have it, guys. Roswell, what it, what's your guys' take on it? Aliens, cover-up, what are we saying? Adam, we already got your take. Aliens for sure. Okay, so aliens for sure. I, yeah, if it's not aliens, I genuinely don't believe it's a weather balloon. All right, aliens, there you have it. Let us know and what you guys definitely think. definitely not a fucking Russian craft full of <laughs> mentally <laughs> challenged yeah. children that are... I do not think that is the surgically case. Surgically made to look like aliens. But hey, let me know what you guys scratch. think. Um, you know, let us know your thoughts. Uh, if there's anything we missed, if you'd like to hear us cover other events related to this that maybe we didn't get to in this episode i know we had a lot to get to in this episode try to condense it uh really get to the important stuff as much we could and uh you know i want to cite uh mufon.com roswellfiles.com which has pretty much all the files from roswell project1947.com the Day After Roswell by Philip J. Corso. Uh, this article called Roswell UFO Incident Lives On 70 Years Later by Dejaney Booth and SkepticalInquirer.org for all the research on this episode. And there you have it. Um, Roswell, one of the most infamous, or I guess famous UFO cases, and I would say overrated, <laughs> all in all. Um, but there you have it. Um Roswell, let us know what you guys think. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, uh, feel free to email us, DM us, podcast from outer space, or podcast from outer space at gmail.com. You know, we got the website up and running now. That's www.podcastfromouterspace.com. You can grab stickers, merch, t shirts. We got it all. So go check that out. Show us a little support. Yes, uh, free shipping now. I just left the free shipping up and a couple new sticker designs, so go check that out. uh, Show us some support. And thank you guys so much for listening. Now, hey, real quick, there is some stuff we do have to address. Uh, Mr. Teabag. We've come to a fork in the road. We have come. And Adam's taking it. There's no fork in the road. Yes, Adam would rather go try to become a doctor then co-host this successful podcast. <laughs> um, he is moving to North Carolina of all places, and you know we're we're still gonna have him on the episode. Don't freak out, but just know we're gonna maybe you know me and Rob will do some episodes. Maybe we'll get a fill in until he kind of gets his feet on the ground. But he is taking off this weekend, so he will be out of commission for a couple weeks. 
So, you know, just know on the next couple episodes, we might get some fill-ins for old T-Bag until he's he's all set up remotely and is able to get back with us, um, you know? Oh, first and foremost, I mean, 59 episodes with you guys. That's been real. Uh, thank you guys for listening, all the support. Had a lot of recent feedback from the female audience, which I personally appreciate. It makes me feel good, a little self-confidence. Um, yeah, I'll be back as soon as I can because I love doing this. I love talking to you assholes. A lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, just keep supporting the channel if you guys can. Listen, you know, SoundCloud, Spotify, all that stuff, YouTube. Check out the website. And thank you guys because I don't do this for me. I do this for you. And, you know, safe travels. Hope you get all set up. Hope you find what you're looking for. I appreciate that, out man. Out there in North Carolina. And all the single um, North Carolinians... <laughs> Be looking for your single tea bag out there. Definitely, definitely. See if we can get some social media going. But in all seriousness, man, thank you guys for listening and uh, so long. And thanks for all the fish. I